0: You ask God for a sign, how would you know it was from God? And then if you knew it was from God, how would you know what it meant? In our text this morning from Mark chapter number 8, we're going to see men that saw some signs but they didn't see that the signs that were right before them. And then those people that saw the signs didn't understand what they meant. We'll be preaching on signs this morning from Mark chapter number 8, and we'll start reading in verse number 1. In those days, the multitude, being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples unto him and saith unto them, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away fasting to their own houses, they will faint by the way of for divers of them came from far. And his disciples answered him, From whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? And he asked them, How many loaves have ye? And they said, Seven. And he commanded the people to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and gave thanks and brake and gave to his disciples to set before them. And they did set them before the people. And they had a few small fishes. And he blessed and commanded to set them also before them. So they did eat, and when they were filled, and they took up the broken meat that was left, seven baskets. And they had eaten were about 4,000, and he sent them away. And straightway he entered into a ship with his disciples and came to the parts of Delmanutha, And the Pharisees came forth and began to question with him, seeking for him a sign from heaven, tempting him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and saith, Why does this generation seek after a sign? Verily I say unto you, there shall no sign be given unto this generation. And he left them and entering into the ship again departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. And he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It's because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, Why reason ye because you have no bread? Perceiving not, yet neither understand, have ye your heart yet hardened? Having eyes, see ye not? And having ears, hear ye not? And do ye not remember when I break the five thousand loaves among five? When I break the loaves among the five thousand, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And they said in him, Twelve. And when the seven among the four thousand, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And they said, Seven. And he said unto them, How is it that ye do not understand? So the first thing we're going to see this morning is a sign repeated. In that first section, verses 1 through 10, Jesus feeds the multitude, just like he did a couple of chapters previous. So it's a sign repeated. The Pharisees come and they say, Hey, Jesus, give us a sign. Well, they, they missed it. They're looking for a sign, and signs have already been given. And so there's a sign missed. And then you get back in the boat, and the disciples are going on back and forth, and Jesus gives them a, a warning to take heed of, and they miss it completely. They miss everything that's happened in the last previous chapters. They're just not understanding it. So there's a sign misunderstood. Let's think first about the sign repeated. So for three days, the multitude's been following Jesus in the Decapolis region. That's the area where um, he cast out the man that was possessed by a demon or a legion. And they've been walking around three days and they haven't had anything to eat. And the text says many of the people came from far away and they didn't have any food. And they didn't have a way to quickly get to the food. So... It's very possible that there's a lot of Gentiles here. So Jesus looks on the crowd and he has compassion on them. And he said, if I send them home from here, they'd never make it because they're too far from home. And you go three days without eating and then you got a long journey back. And you're far from home, you don't have any way to get any food. So he has compassion on them. He said, I don't want them to, to faint and pass out on the in the wilderness, they'd never make it. The disciples were looking at the tough situation he said from whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness and that's kind of an interesting question for them to ask isn't it well who could fill the multitude in the wilderness and satisfy their hunger here we are out in the middle of nowhere who is it that could feed this multitude well the When you hear that question, you might think, well, didn't Jesus just feed the multitude just a little while back? And the answer is yes, he did. In a very similar situation, there was the multitude, and Jesus, if you remember, taught him to sit down in the green pastures, and and he divided them up into camps, and then he he took the loaves and the fish and prayed and, and passed them out, and they all ate and were filled. Well, the disciples said, well, who could do such a thing? Well, we know that Jesus could do such a thing. So the disciples asked that question, but D- Jesus didn't answer him. He just said, well, how, what kind, how much food do we have? How many loaves do we have? And they counted them. and so, said, well, we got seven. So the Lord told everybody to sit down. He took the loaves and he prayed and he broke the bread, gave it to the disciples. And there's a few small fish in the company as well so he blessed those and he set those before the disciples and so the multitude of about 4,000 people ate not only did they eat but they were filled they were satisfied and not only did the 4,000 people eat not only were they filled and satisfied but there were seven baskets of leftovers after everybody was done And so, Jesus gets in the boat, and he goes across to the other side, to the west coast of the Sea of Galilee. There's no explanation, there's no further comment on that, we just this just happens, and he goes on. But it's interesting, I think, that, that the disciples asked the question, maybe they asked the question because there were so many uh, Gentiles there among them. It says that they came away from afar and that's usually um, lots of times in the Old Testament that's referring to Gentiles. They were already on the borderland, so it could be that they were coming from Gentile regions. They were in the place where uh, pig farming was acceptable, so maybe it was just because they were were not walking in accordance with the Word of God that maybe the disciples said, "Well, well, the Lord would not bless these people He wouldn't do a miracle among these people. And so it it makes me wonder about what came before this, the Syrophoenician woman. Remember, she came in, in Mark 6, 42, it says the multitude ate and were satisfied. That was the first miracle. In Mark 7, Jesus tells the Syrophoenician woman, let the children first be filled. Let them be filled and satisfied first. And now we have a second miracle with this group of people and they ate and were filled. And so perhaps it was because of who these people were. The disciples said, well, the Lord wouldn't bless these people with this miracle. But in the first feeding, Jesus feeds them and has the Psalm 23 imagery and, and divides them up into the camps. There was 12 baskets, maybe you, know, you think of 12, you think of 12 tribes or maybe the 12 apostles, but you, you think of Israel. But here, um, you don't think of that. You think, um, you know, they're in this far off place or in the wilderness and the Lord feeds these people. So if we put all these things together, it may be that this was a Gentile people that the Lord is showing that it's, it's not just going to be to the Jews that will receive this blessing, but it's going to the uttermost parts of the world. So I think this true event is illustrating what that Syrophoenician woman knew. The children were fed in the first miracle. And then everyone else is fed in the second miracle by the compassionate Christ. Not because they were deserving, not because they were owed this, but because Christ was compassionate to them. The disciples asked the question, who could satisfy the hungry? Well, Jesus didn't tell them, he just did it. Jesus can satisfy the hungry. So a sign repeated. There's a sign missed. So the disciples and Jesus cross the sea. And the, when they get to the other side, who's there to welcome him? Well, it's the Pharisees. It says they're seeking him. They're not seeking the Lord to worship him. They're not seeking the Lord to learn more from him. They're seeking him from a side for a sign from heaven. They're tempting it. In the book of Mark, when people are seeking Jesus... It's almost every time, except for maybe one, seeking with bad motives. The chief priests will seek Jesus, but to kill him, the Pharisees are seeking to tempt him. Uh, Other times they seek to trip him up. They're always looking for Jesus, but always for a bad motive. Even when uh, people who love Jesus are looking for him, they don't have it in the right frame of mind. So the Pharisees are seeking Jesus, but for a bad reason. Oh, if Jesus would just prove what he's saying with a sign. Jesus, we want a sign from heaven. If there's just some proof to what you say. If, God, if you would answer with, maybe with fire like Elijah or, or show some sign like Moses. Remove our doubts. Then we'll follow you. We'll get in line then. Of course they wouldn't. And that's one reason why Jesus, I think, sighed in his spirit. They come and said, Jesus, show us a sign from God. Show us, and we'll believe. Show us something from heaven, and then we'll we'll take your word. Now Jesus asks his own question that he doesn't answer. Why does this generation seek after a sign? There won't be a sign like one you want to this generation. Closed scene. That's it. No further explanation. No more information on it. Just like that first miracle, it happens and you go on. The Pharisees come, say, give us a sign, Jesus. He says, no. Closed scene gets in the ship and leaves. So now we get back in the ship for the, the third um, section here and it's a sign that's misunderstood. We get back in the ship with the disciples again. And here lately in the Gospel of Mark, every time the disciples get in the ship along with Jesus, something big happens. And it seems like we just, we're just going back and forth across and across and across. And you know, he walked on the water one time and um, he calmed the sea one time. Uh, one time they cross, and then there's the, he heals the demon, he crosses again, heals the multitude. Every time he crosses, something big happens. But that's not what the disciples were thinking about. You know, maybe if, if that was, we would think maybe, or like to think, or at least whenever I read this, and I, I said, well, they're crossing the sea again. I thought, think of all the times they cross the sea, and something amazing happens. They weren't expecting something like that, I don't think, because they get in the boat, and one of them says, I forgot to get that bread. There were seven baskets left over, and we don't have any bread now. We just got this one loaf, and that's it. So that's what they were thinking about. Maybe they had plans. We'll take those seven baskets with us, and I'll feed us for a little while. And... um, but, but they forgot it or they left it behind. And now they're thinking, oh no, what are we going to do? We don't have any bread. Well, Jesus is not thinking about the bread. Jesus has been thinking about what's been going on lately. So you notice the mind of Christ versus the mind of the disciples. The disciples were thinking, what are we going to do? Oh, we forgot the bread. We just got this one loaf of bread. Uh, you know, now Jesus is going to be upset with us. Because we left it behind. We weren't paying attention But Jesus Jesus has been thinking about what's happening in the last couple chapters, really, um, of, of this event. And he says, take heed. I want you to pay attention. Listen up and take note. Listen to me. Watch out. Beware the leaven of the Pharisees. Pay attention. Be on guard. The leaven of the Pharisees, and the leaven of Herod. Beware the leaven of the Pharisees. Beware the leaven of Herod. And so the disciples are going to do just like Jesus said. They're going to take heed. They're going to try to discern this. They're going to think about it. And so they start reasoning among themselves what Jesus was talking about. And, And I'm not sure how they got there from this statement. But as they reasoned through this themselves, they they were thinking, well, we had the bread and we forgot it. And then now we're here without bread and we left it behind. And then Jesus gives us a warning about bread. So that must be what Jesus is talking about. So through their reasoning, they came up with the idea that Jesus was warning them about the fact that they're out of bread um, because they didn't have the loaves with them. Like I said, I'm not sure how logically you could get there, get to where they landed from where they started out. But, um, you know, the, sometimes you drive yourself crazy trying to figure out how people think. You say, well, you know, you ever done that? So how in the world did did they end up with that reason or end up where they're at. I'll never know. Well, that's what they did. And so Jesus says, well, how did you reason? That's what I was talking about. Why reason ye? Because you have no bread. How How is that your conclusion to what I said? And then in verse 17, he gets very... He just he, he bombards them with questions. How did you get there? How did you end up thinking that from what I said? Perceive ye not yet. Neither understand, have your, your heart yet hardened. Having eyes see ye not. having ears hear you not, do you not remember? Then he asked him two more questions. But don't you understand? Don't you see? Haven't you yet got this? Don't you have this yet? Don't you have? Can't you understand this yet? Now that yet carries does a lot of work in this, as we'll see, because there's a difference between a sign missed and a sign misunderstood. And the Pharisees didn't see anything at all. The disciples saw it, but they they didn't really see it. And so Jesus is asking, don't you have eyes in your head to, to see? Don't you have ears to listen? Don't you remember what happened? So he said, okay, let's start, let's start from the beginning. Whenever I fed the first multitude, how many baskets were left over? And they said, 12. Okay, when I fed the second multitude, how many baskets were left over? And they said, 7. 7. And Jesus said, well, how is it that you don't understand? And then that ends the scene. And then verse 22 goes on to another story. There's three stories where something happens, questions are asked, but they're not really answered. And like the disciples, we're sitting in the boat, reasoning among ourselves what manner of man is this? What's the answer to these questions? Well, you and I need to figure it out. And the, the answer is in the, in the word of God. And but, but Mark just doesn't come out and tell us the answer. He just leaves it. The question goes out there, and it's just left hanging. And the, the, the disciples are left befuddled, and they say, I, I don't know. Jesus might not have answered the disciples here because they still wouldn't have perceived even if he spelled it out for them. All right. That's one of the problems. That even if Jesus had just, if he had drawn them a picture, they wouldn't have understood it. I was uh, at work the other day, well, it's been a little while ago, and somebody asked me a question, and I answered it, and they asked me again, and I, and I answered it, And they asked me the same question three times in a row, and I said, well, if I try to answer this any clearer, you're going to think I'm being a smart elite, because you just have to listen to what I'm saying, and just listen to every word that I say, and that's the answer to your question. I I said, I I don't know how else to say it. I could draw a picture, I could, you know, that's what I was thinking, I didn't say that part, but, but, you know, you, you... they just weren't getting it and it didn't matter how many times I answered the question, they just, it wasn't going to get through and that's how the disciples were. But it also serves for us to think it through and reason it through and to to consider what he's saying. So let's work backwards. Let's start with the leaven. Let's start with that last story and think about the leaven or the yeast. That's in the bread. Jesus says, Beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. That's what makes the bread rise. So you look up here at the bread, and it's flat like a cracker. It, it doesn't have any leaven in it. It doesn't, it doesn't have any properties in it to make it rise. Many times in the, in the Bible, it, the leaven is represented as a bad light. So if, if it, gets, it shows it's like a corruption... So if the leaven was bad, if it was corrupted, then everything would be corrupted. So you make your dough and you save a little bit for the next time. You have that little starter. And the good bacteria in that dough that you save uh, makes the bread rise the next time. But it's possible if you don't do it right, it can go bad. And then you can have that starter for your bread that is no longer active in producing good bacteria, but it just becomes a petri dish for toxins and bad bacteria. And in fact, if you could have it to where um, you could get really sick because the, the good bacteria in, that, in that, uh, that starter is gone and it's nothing left but bad bacteria. And so instead of having a starter for the the yeast, you just have a petri dish for um, all kinds of uh, bacteria and so forth. And then you start making bread with that little bit of contaminated bacteria, then the whole thing is ruined. Not only is it ruined, but it could be toxic and it could make you really sick. It's like, how much E. coli do you want in your bread? Well, it's just got a little bit. Well, no, if it's got a little bit, then it's going to, the whole thing is gone. And that's what Jesus. That's the point Jesus is making. Both Herod and the Pharisees have a toxic, toxic leaven. And if you take their starter, and you're going to make you some bread with that toxic leaven, it's going to spread to the whole, and it's deadly. Beware of it. Stay away from it. Avoid it at all costs. Because just a little bit of it will spread. Earlier we saw the Pharisees and Herod. um, Just recently here in our our reading that, that they had some major problems. Herod heard of Jesus. Remember, he heard of all the works that the disciples were doing. And Jesus was doing, rather. And he says, John the Baptist... They said, no, I think it's Elijah. No, it's a prophet. No, it's someone else. He said, no, it's John the Baptist. John the Baptist has risen from the dead. Well, Herod knew that, or thought that, because he had John the Baptist killed. He knew John. He heard John preach. He also had John put to death. The prophet, the forerunner of Christ had preached before Herod, and Herod knew it. But he had killed the forerunner for fear of man. He heard of Jesus and completely missed who Jesus was. He said, oh, here's a miracle worker. That must be John the Baptist. Because John the Baptist is the only one that, that could preach like that or do things like this. He had no idea because the mission of John the Baptist was to decrease so that Christ would increase. The Pharisees were looking for a sign. They looked to the law and to the scriptures to justify themselves. They wouldn't wash, they wouldn't eat unless they washed their hands because that was the most important part. They come to Jesus. say, show us a sign from heaven. So I think the leaven is looking past Christ and interpreting spiritual things by their own understanding. That's what Herod did. He didn't listen to John the Baptist. He heard John the Baptist, but he didn't listen to him. John the Baptist says, "Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world." That was his main message, and he preached repentance and the kingdom of God is at hand. And what did Herod hear? All Herod heard was, "You shouldn't uh, have the relations as he was having." He didn't hear Christ. He didn't hear John's message. He didn't hear about the Lamb of God. He looked past Christ and saw what he wanted to see. The sign was right there in front of his face and he didn't see it. And now the the persecution is being turned towards Christ. The Pharisees were looking for a sign. They looked to the Scriptures to justify themselves, not to so as Herod heard the law and it condemned him, the Pharisees looked to the law to justify them. Neither one of them looked to the law and then looked to Christ for forgiveness. Jesus was right there before them. He was right in their midst. Herod heard of the signs of Jesus and said, "What's well, John the Baptist. The Pharisees saw the signs of Jesus and heard them and said, well, it's the power of the devil. But they were blind to what was right in front of them. They ignored what they heard. They listened to man instead of the Lord. And the end result was just nothing but death. And so when Jesus warns the disciples, beware the leaven of Herod and the leaven of the Pharisees, and then the disciples turn around and think, well, he must be talking about the bread we left, and we don't have enough bread. They're missing the point. They're, they're looking past Jesus. They're looking past the the spiritual truth that's right before their eyes and thinking about carnal things. How can they miss the point? So Jesus pretty much repeats what he told them in Mark 4 about the parables. He was alone with the parables, and he told the 12, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and perceive not, Hearing they may hear and understand not, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins be forgiven. And Jesus says almost the same thing to them. How is it that you perceive not yet? How is it that you have not heard? Don't have eyes to hear or, or eyes to see and ears to hear. They're not connecting the dots. They're seeing the signs, and they see a little bit, but they're just not understanding it. They know that Jesus can heal. They know that he can miraculously provide. They know that he is of God. They they know a whole lot of different things. But they haven't put everything together yet. So Jesus says, "Do you remember what happened?" And they remembered it. It's not like they completely forgot about it because you know, they they knew how many baskets were left over. Maybe if I would ask you this morning how many baskets were left over, you would say, "Well, I know one of them was 7 or one of them was 12, but I can't remember which order." No, they remembered the order. They remembered exactly how many baskets were left over. So it wasn't a lack of not knowing the basic facts. They're just not connect. They're just not connecting the dots. They remember it happened, but they're not seeing any significance in it. I found it to be a blessing as we go through Mark to to see all these things coming together, because you know it'd be easy to take each one of these stories and then miss it. The the big picture like the bread starting in chapter 6 almost every little story that we read has some bread in it somewhere Jesus tells the disciples to go out on their mission and they, he says don't take any money with you don't take any bread with you go out by yourself that story is followed by the first miraculous feeding of the 5,000 and then, after that, Jesus is walking on the water. The disciples were sore, amazed, beyond measure, wondered at what they saw because they did not consider or understand the miracle of the loaves. After that, Jesus, uh, the Pharisees went to Jesus, and that's when the controversy started because they were, the disciples were eating bread without washing their hands. Jesus said, it's not what goes in that defiles the man, but the heart is already defiled. A little bit later after that, he's met by the Syrophoenician woman, who was asking healing bread from the daughter, and then that's where Jesus said, "Let the children first be filled, for it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs." And then we come a little bit later, and we have what we have today, the miraculous feeding of the four thousand. We got set; one loaf was uh, turned to uh, enough to feed the multitude, with seven loaves left over. Then Jesus says, Beware the leaven of the Pharisees and of heaven. That's a lot of bread talk in these two chapters. Next time anyone talks about bread in chapter 14 where they're doing the Lord's Supper. I don't think that's any mistake. That, that there's this theme of bread that runs through, through all these chapters. And then... At the same time, Jesus takes us back to that same time period when he's talking about Herod, because Herod happens right after that. Uh, while the disciples go out without any bread, you have the story of Herod. Now, that, was, that happened a long time ago, but, but Mark puts it in as a recap right at that point. And then here at the end of this section, you have Jesus wrapping it all up, and he brings all these chapters together, talking about the leaven of Herod and the Pharisees. If you think of all these instances together, bread is either used as a teaching element, a parable, or a sign. Jesus was teaching the disciples. It wasn't that they had to pack lightly. But he was teaching them, God's going to take care of you. Don't take any bread with you. God will take care of you. He's out in the wilderness and he feeds the multitude. God takes care of him. It's a teaching element, a, a picture, a sign, or a parable. Sometimes people understood it, like the Syrophoenician woman. Jesus was talking about bread, but she knew he wasn't really talking about bread. She knew, what, she knew the bread was something else. That the bread was first to the, the Jews. And she, a Gentile, said, well, maybe I can eat the crumbs. Well, sometimes they didn't get it like the disciples. The disciples are not getting it. Or the Pharisees, they're not even in the ballpark. They're playing football. The Pharisees are over there playing baseball. They're not, even, they're not in the ballpark. They're not playing the same sport. You know, they're missing it completely. When Israel was in the wilderness, the Lord satisfied them with manna from heaven. The Lord provided for them in a miraculous way. Can you imagine that, walking outside and you have this angel food falling from heaven. You just go out and pick it up off the ground and it's there every day. It was a sign from God. God satisfied them with, with bread from heaven. The Lord provided for them in a miraculous way. And here twice in the, in the wilderness, who can satisfy people in the wilderness? Well, Jesus did. He fed the hungry soul in the wilderness. Jesus feeds. Jesus sacrifices, satisfies. Jesus um, provides a miraculous food. But everybody is looking at the bread, but not looking at Jesus, except for the Syrophoenician woman. He's the one that has a life-giving power. They didn't look at God giving the life, giving bread. But a lot of them, like Israel of old, complained about it. So if you think about what Israel did in Psalm 95, Deuteronomy 29. Well, in Deuteronomy it says, You have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes. And the great temptations thy eyes have seen, the signs and those great miracles. Yet the Lord hath not given you a heart to perceive and eyes to see and ears to hear unto this day. Deuteronomy 29. He told Israel, you saw all these things, but you don't understand what happened. You saw the signs, you saw me feed you from with bread from heaven and the water coming out of the rock and the parting of the Red Sea and all the miracles that that God preserved you through the, the troubles and in, in, the judgments in Egypt, but you didn't see it. And so when the Pharisees seek a sign, why don't they have it? Because, well, they, they had a sign and they missed it. Jesus is the sign. He is the bread from heaven. Jesus feeding the multitude is the sign. Looking to him is the sign from heaven. Jesus, the word made flesh, um, assumed human nature. And was standing there before them, and they said, well, show us a sign. They're looking at the below, the only begotten Son of God, as they said, give us a sign. Jesus has been giving sign after sign after sign. Jesus said it's not meat that the to take the children's food and give it to the dogs. But now the children are complaining and murmuring about the bread. Jesus said it's not suitable for the the children's bread to be given to the dogs Well, the children are sitting at the table and say, well, I don't want this old stuff. I don't want this bread. I'd rather be anywhere else than sit at this table and eat this bread. That's that's the the crime of all this. That Jesus had come To give life. He'd come to save. He'd come to Israel. And the children are sitting there, well, we don't want this. We have to have bread again. We have to have this old manna again. A second time. They want to talk about who can eat and who can't eat. They want to talk about washing their hands. And and, and contamination. They're the contamination. Their doctrine is the contamination. Previous to this, Jesus healed a man who could not hear. And it took the power of God to open up his ears. The end of chapter 7, that man couldn't hear. People were talking, didn't do any good. Jesus gives the signs. They can't hear. They can't perceive what's happening. What is needed is a miracle. What is needed is grace for the ears to be open so they can hear. So that's why that's there. So, you had the hearing, the healing of the deaf man at chapter number seven, and Jesus says it over and over again Can you not hear? Can you not re- receive this? Can't you perceive what's happening? Don't you understand this? Their ears are stopped up. It, took the po- it takes the power of God for them to see what is right before their eyes. See, the worldly mind that think it's crazy, like it's Herod. Like Herod. They don't want to understand. They don't, they don't like how we live because they don't understand who Christ is. Be let, beware of the leaven of the worldly minded. Don't be caught at the party when they're chopping John the Baptist's head off. Beware of those who want you to follow them who don't know Christ. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees to look past Jesus for something better. To look past the Lord Looking for a sign from the Lord. But look to Jesus. And here in just a minute, we're going to take the Lord's Supper. What are you going to see? Are you going to look past Jesus? Are you going to take this bread and and perceive and and understand that Jesus is the bread of life broken for us? How many people see bread and wine and and they, they think about bread and wine, they don't think about the bread from heaven? We just want a sign. Well, here's a sign right in front of you this morning, this ordinance. If the Lord would just show me something, the Lord's showing you something this morning. This is his ordinance. He said, Take this, do this in remembrance of me. If the Lord would just show me, well, he has. But it takes grace, the grace of God, to see and perceive. And we pray that he does as we partake of this ordinance. So as we as we get ready to do so, I ask Elijah uh, uh, to come and lead us in a hymn, please.